0: Hello and welcome everyone to this week's episode of Double DM Podcast, where we will be discussing raising the stakes in your TTRPG games. We will be talking about throwing your players into more and more dangerous situations and dealing with consequences. But first, as always, let's talk to my co host Niels about how his week and day was. So, Niels, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine. It's been a lovely day so far. I'm glad I can record with you today. So, everything's great. How about you? How about your day? I mean,
0: I'm doing great as well. Little bit hurt and bruised, but. From Kendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh, everything is a-okay. Had a very, very, very lovely week so far, hoping that it stays that way. (laughs) Alrighty, what made it so very, very lovely? First of all, um, work has been simple this week. Perfect. Been prepping for a presentation. On Friday tomorrow which is gonna present the progress made and basically the whole process from start to finish that I've been working on for a long time now and then well giving basically uh, the project over saying well yeah it's finished we can officially use this in business now it's now a, a decision of okay now let's actually start using it mm-hmm. right it was used in tandem with the old method and basically this time around at least the tests that I did Today showed that it works 100% Flawlessly, Meaning that I very much hope that tomorrow I can basically say, yeah, without issue, it will work. Then hope that we can say, okay, the old system, we will put that on the shelf, maybe use it for one more month to to just be sure, but it will be phased out of process, which I will be happy with. However, there's obviously still stuff to do to mm, improve the process itself, but that's phase three, right? Optional Mm -hmm. uh, and advancements of the project, which then starts after that. But for now, it's just been... Me making sure that the program works, maybe making a few adjustments and then getting myself ready to answer any and all questions. So work has been easy. However, I have also had to work at the printing house for um, another thing I'm doing on Tuesday. So Mm -hmm. that was a little bit ass because that means that that I spend a lot of time doing basically just the most basic, boring, manual labor that you can think of, which... Mm is a good place to turn your mind off and listen to podcasts. So that was great as well. And then I had a very, very, very exciting TTRPG
1: session. Tell me about it. First of all, first of all, first of all, (laughs) how was your
0: your week? Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, my week was
1: um, pretty uneventful, I'd say. uh, Except one amazing TTRPG session, but we'll get to that. But overall... Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Work is just a bitch in regards to being Christmas time soon, ish?
0: I mean, it's already October. Yeah,
1: uh, beautiful, beautiful, really beautiful. the The minds of people work in mysterious ways. Let me tell you that much.
0: I mean, are you? Somewhat in Christmasy-ish,
1: holiday-ish mind already. Myself, no, <laughs> not yet, not yet. That only mm-hmm. starts after Halloween. But right after, right? Cause some uh, in the week after, and yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. Right? I mean, Halloween mm. is soon, but still, it's not quite there yet. So, yeah. I mean,
0: to be fair, it's only just a week when this episode airs. So,
1: yeah, but it's a fucking week. Okay, yeah. It's a week, but yeah, no, I'm not really into christmasy stuff yet but that mm-hmm. will change in about a week not yeah. that i have a choice but listen to mariah carries all i want for, uh, for christmas is you all day do you think that that's actually
0: increasing or or speeding up the process of you being in christmas spirits no
1: that's <laughs> just uh, that has the opposite effect <laughs> i mean i like christmas music when i'm in the mood or uh, in the christmas mood already <laughs> Asshole.
0: <laughs> Can't wait for... for... <laughs> it's is just waiting for Jingle Bells. <laughs> no. Sorry, everyone. Um, but I had to make that joke. And I will not apologize again.
1: Yeah. Y- <laughs> Yeah, but uh, overall Christmas music can be great, but not when you hear the same songs over and over and over and over again that has been played to death anyways already. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. fun stuff, fun stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, no, I get it, I I get it, I get it, I get it.
1: But overall music helps to get into the Christmas mood. Mm -hmm. But yeah, other than that, nothing special happened, so pretty uneventful week. Yet a great one. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Any plans you're
0: looking forward to?
1: Not particular in the next uh, or in the coming week. So, mm-hmm. nothing nothing big coming up. Nothing big.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: But in in the farer future or more far future, like 3 weeks from now, there will be something fun. And exciting but that's um a topic for another time for about in two and a half weeks you could say but yeah back to your ttrpg session how was it an exciting one you said or an amazing one it was a, it was
0: exciting we played tyranny Tell of me. dragons we had the metallic dragon council and the mm-hmm. players managed to successfully convince all five dragons to join their cause Perfect. In defeating the Cold of the Dragon Queen. We had my players then resting after an intense 18, 19 hours of in-game time discussion as their characters and talking to these dragons, which will tear you, which will wear you out. So they went to sleep, but not before they've um, uncovered a mystery about one of the player characters. Okay. And I mean a very big one. Okay. Because with the help of one of these metallic dragons, they found out that one of the player characters has, let's say, magical shards embedded in their chest that basically work like seals on a lock or something.
1: Okay. That That's something. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And they broke one of these shards by intense roleplay and... Um, creative thinking and just Mm -hmm. great just a great suspenseful moment pretty much well i don't want to say too much but the players are suspecting that this character is not an elf but a dragon herself
1: okay i'm not gonna say
0: if that's true or not but that was the suggestion made by the player characters
1: okay okay
0: or by my players to be exact. My players also all got um presents from these these dragons that they could use to feed defeat the cult. They got I took basically everything you have on Fizzbands, um in Fizzband's Bands, Treasury of Dragons as a book, right? There is a mm. lot of stuff in there that you can use to gift your players draconic things. One of them got a draconic horde weapon. A short sword of the silver dragon Elia or Otaricanos or whatever her name is, Otaricanos or something um, in the full uh, version. Um, they got uh, access to Eloytra's library okay. um, to basically answer all questions that they have if they need to. They got um, the feet Gift of the Metallic Dragons for one of the characters um, as a blessing, more or less. They have been imbued with draconic senses, so one of them actually now has 10 feet blindsight and
1: advantage on perception checks. That's amazing.
0: And one of the player characters also got a permanent increase to their ability scores.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: That they can freely choose themselves where they put those
1: all right so yeah
0: they've got pretty big upgrades more or less
1: Mm -hmm. upgrades people upgrades
0: (laughs) exactly and yeah then they went to the misty forest Mm -hmm. to deal with the cults activities there
1: all right can't wait to hear more sounds fun i know Uh, an upgrade session basically is always just fun to see if it's not if it's not just a, a, in quotation marks, not just a level up, something extraordinary, something out of the norm in terms of level up. I always like how they uh, the players deal with that and use mm. that and describe that. It's just, or at least in my experience, it's been always a lovely time to witness that. You just sit there, give out cool shit, and the players run with it and make their own even cooler shit out of it. Mm. Amazing stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a very great role play session filled with great amount of plot development and character development. So Perfect. in my book, that was a very great session. And it was one of my favorites of this campaign.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, can't wait to hear more about your campaign. I got a TTRPG session as well Yeah, last Tuesday.
0: I, w- I want to know about <laughs> it. Yeah, let's,
1: it was, let's hear it. Yeah, It was, let's say, not the thing that our GM thought it would be or it thought it could be. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have this um, quest quest. To fulfill a um, promise that our paladin made to their honored god, because they once nearly broke their oath, and to restore that kind of connection and trust a bit, they um, basically accepted the quest, and we are... We were just on the way towards that Um, and finishing up a side quest on the side as well that was on the way there anyways. But instead of going there straight away, we decided, hey, let's hit the black market first to gather some information. Why ever, right? Mm -hmm. But black markets, good source of information, potentially at least. Uh, Yeah. So my character wasn't... uh, present in any of the uh, scenes that led to our group deciding to go to the black market to gather some information or gather more information so my character just started gathering the information that she thought was useful turns out we already got all of that information except one little bit um where we now know the name of one of the leaders of the cobalt Ooh. but yeah everything else we already know so i paid 40 gold for a name i mean names have power and can be uh, that can be pretty useful so i hope that's not completely wasted. but anyways. Um, and then yeah, as players do, once we were at the black market and saw whatever uh, what was sold there, of course, we had to buy stuff.
0: I mean, if you're a GM and put a black market in your, set, in your setting, you need to be prepared for your players to want to buy stuff. Exactly. There's a reason, right, a black market even exists. And it's because this is, there's a high demand for these products mm-hmm. with very little supply for whatever reasons on the not black market side. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> Yeah. so it um, turns out we don't have any real big money. So we had to <laughs> scam our way a bit through which was pretty fun because we had a um, gem-encrusted goblet of some sorts Mm -hmm. um, that we (laughs) we talked to one of the vendors and completely made up a more or less fake history about this goblet and made it seem like a -a one-in-a-lifetime ancient artifact that we then sold for 450 gold, although it was roughly worth about 100 gold. So we scammed the scammer. That's always good. Then used that money to by a weirdly looking armor that no one has ever seen before. No one has ever seen anything like that before. We only know that the making or the art of making this armor is similar to some sort of um, collective that is known to no one really, except by mysteries and legends in the southern seas of this world. So, of course, we had to buy it, right? It looks gnarly, it has teeth all over, and it's just brutal looking. But we had to buy it, right? It's just, yeah, it's the law. If there is something gnarly looking with no one really knowing what it is and what it does and where it came from, you have to buy it. Mm. I don't make the rules. <clears throat> but yeah, after that, we decided then to, um, uh, uh, right before we want to go on a boat trip, mm-hmm. buy a fucking owlbear. So now we have an owlbear pet with us.
0: Yeah, obviously, because everyone wants one.
1: Yeah, the thing is, I as a player wanted a, this owlbear baby so fucking bad, but my character didn't. And <laughs> ca- finding a way to say, yeah, let's get the owlbear baby without saying, yeah, let's get the fucking owlbear baby was a difficult task. But anyways, we got it and we got gifted a shark on top of that as well, a baby shark. Oh, oh baby shark, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a thing for 15 minutes at our table at this session as well after the GM said it's a baby shark. And <laughs> one of our characters is um, an interesting um, envisionment of a water genasi so it, they are completely made out of water and just flowing kind of like a water elemental so now the baby shark lives in that genasi water elemental thing yeah <clears throat> so now we have a possibility to kind of train to make a shark torpedo thingamajig so so, so we what, can you're, just tell- so what shark. you're telling
0: me it, it it you you've not only ha- got an owlbear pet you also got a baby shark that you can shoot potentially potentially well, not yet,
1: but potentially
0: and now let let me ask the final question for today Mm-hmm. Because let's be real, this has to be an own episode and we just throw away. <laughs> no, this is obviously still the recap. When are you going to make a Sharknado?
1: It takes a few levels, I think. But um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely on the table, at least from all, from oh, all the players' perspectives. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell you once we reach Sharknado levels. I will inform you about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically all I have for TTRPGs. Uh So yeah, fun stuff, fun stuff. And the the whole session just was basically the black market, shopping, scamming, gathering information bit. And now we are ready to leave towards the kobolds that may or may not have stolen a golden statue of a god.
0: May or may not. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, cool. Nice. I can't wait to hear more. But for now, that is all we will hear. And we will jump right into our episode on raising the stakes, increasing difficulty, and just making your game more suspenseful. We will hear you after our break. Hey listener, how are you enjoying the show so far? Tell us about it in whatever way you see fit. Go to our social media pages and add us or DM us about your favorite episode of the show. We would love to hear from you on what impact our show might have had on your home games. Or you could review us on your podcast app of choice and leave us a nice message with a five-star review. And if you want to go above and beyond, bring a friend into the fold tell them about our show and refer us to them so they can get a piece of the pie as well. Thank you for listening to D M and joining us on this incredible journey. Okay Niels, we've talked about danger, death, making something dangerous, dramatic, cinematic, right? Especially when it comes to combat, we've talked with all those descriptors but also outside of combat we talked about we talked about right making sure that pacing is right and stuff like that and all of that stuff and we've always talked about stakes but we've never had an episode specifically designed to talk about the stakes in your story how you can raise them how you can manipulate them and how you can regulate them as well and make sure that your story is appropriately staked so their players do something Mm -hmm. when you have too high stakes, it could very well be a bad thing that leads to your players just crumbling under the pressure of these high stakes more or less. Mm -hmm. And when you have two low stakes, right, it might be that they don't care and not do something about the situation because it doesn't matter to them when whatever you have happens. Right? For that, we first of all need to talk about stakes entirely and what they are. And generally right. what we understand under the statement of stakes in ttrpgs so what are stakes to you
1: i think of them a bit when you uh, take a simile of gambling that uh, the stakes are the bits at the table interesting yeah what you bring to the table and what is on the table in general what can happen what could go wrong what could go your way i think all of that combines together in the stakes of the game itself usually you have to um weigh the options is it worth my time or my efforts or whatever in TTRPGs to pre- uh, um, proceed on that path mm-hmm. or to get that goal or whatever, right? And I think what is on each side of the scale on that weighing factor or a weighing part, these are the stakes of the game. At least that's what I would say.
0: Uh, for that analogy, I want to ask, because you're right, you talked about having stuff on the table, having stuff on the scales, um, evaluating what path to take depending on what is currently basically in the game Mm -hmm. so what are the things that are put being put on the table right the actual things that in ttrpgs we put onto the table right because you just said thing that can be anything so Mm -hmm. specify that for me
1: well it can be a lot of different things it can be threats that can happen Mm -hmm. to the world it can be um personal objectives that you can or cannot fulfill mm-hmm. for your characters. It can be time pressure. It can be yeah, just or just monetary value or yeah. items, material mm. things, personal things. Just yeah. basically everything that would make the situation or could make the situation more tense.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I think there is a difference between the things you've just said in themselves because right, the first thing you said was what
1: uh, the threats.
0: Okay. And the other things you all mentioned basically are just more granular than Mm -hmm. threats because, right? The item you basically put in, when, when we think of TTRPGs as basically a poker game and you, your bid is your magic item, the stake is that you are going to lose your magic item. Mm. That's once again a threat, right? Yeah. The threat of losing that ma- magic item. And I think that's wh- what stakes are about when thinking about TTRPGs or even in general at, for example, a game table or a poker table or whatever. Stakes are about the consequences Mm -hmm. of what happens. Not just what you do, but what happens in the game, right? Doing nothing is also an action you take and therefore doing nothing leads to consequences, Mm -hmm. right? But stakes themselves are not the consequences, right? The consequence is you lose your magic item and the stake is way less of you lose your magic item because we have reached this level of stake, let's say that. It is the threat of that consequence consequence. Exactly. How likely is that consequence?
1: Potential of uh, consequences are the stakes basically, if I yes. understood you correctly.
0: More or less, right? It mm. is it's, it's mm-hmm. it is the threat of the, of those consequences. And there is always more than one consequence in play. So yeah, the potential of all consequences that are currently in play is are the stakes of the game, right? And you, mm-hmm. coming back to what we said and said this episode is going to be about, it's about raising and regulating stakes. Obviously, it's very easy to put in more consequences. But I think just putting in more consequences does not raise the stakes because stakes are only as high as their highest consequence right now exactly because what are a few consequences that we can think of very easily for player character groups that we could then as a group basically value as stakes right what what are what are typical consequences that we can think of
1: losing money losing magic items losing a party member okay that's enough the city being destroyed
0: losing money. okay those three losing value let's say Mm -hmm. money and magic item is the same for this instance losing life and the destruction of the world or property yeah, or parts of property. the world or whatever in comparison i don't give a fuck if i lose 1000 gold pieces mm-hmm. if in the same turn i lose an entire city exactly it just doesn't compare it just doesn't matter and the stakes are only as high as that highest consequence more mm. or less, right? Obviously, Hi, kind of. It's a kind of thing, right? It's always a kind of thing. There's accumulation in them, but mm. the highest consequence will be, and this is a fact, the one that your players are going to focus on, mm. usually.
1: Yeah, But I, uh, I gotta say that uh, even small consequences or this, uh, when the severity of these consequences is uh, pretty low in like you lose 100 gold pieces. Yeah. But if you do that over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. these consequences lead to even more consequences that then again could uh, could propose a bigger problem to uh, or yeah. a bigger problem at hand. That's
0: then a consequence chain. That's something I wanted to talk about later. Ah, um, okay.
1: Gotcha. But God. yeah, okay. I get what you mean. It's
0: very important <laughs> to mention that, right? Especially when you have basically the same level of consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Losing this, losing that item, losing this thing, right? The loss of possessions, let's say that, mm. right? And you can have two consequences that are the same loss of possession. You lose money and a magic item, right? That's more severe than just doing one of the two. Mm -hmm. So especially when the things are on the same level, they do accumulate. They do become greater together mm. but if they're even if that those things accumulate they are still not as dangerous as the one big standing momentum monumentous colossal stake of you lose the city
1: exactly it's always a comparison act and i think yes especially with uh, stakes it is even more so because just one consequences can be inconsequential to everything else Mm. kind of but in comparison to something that you or that happened before or could happen after that then it um, gets lowered or uh, high, uh, raised or lowered depending on what uh, came before and what comes after mm. just because of the things that um, could happen the severity could be pretty fucking low or could raise to unimaginable or unfathomable mm. heights just because of the things that could lead um, or that could come from that mm. and, and there we are in, the, in these causality chains that one thing leads to another that leads to another and so on and so forth where you then which I think you could technically or theoretically uh, see them as one consequence but that would boil it down too hard because you want to stop that chain and that's the stake or the um, enticing thing Mm -hmm. for your party to do Mm -hmm. when you have or when you notice that this consequence chain is going and it starts rolling and rolling you want to interrupt that as soon as possible.
0: I think for that there's something very necessary to be talked about before we get to those chains and that is perception of and Ooh, then we've yeah. read, we've yeah. said yeah, so yeah, many yeah. countless times that but ttipgs are about what is being perceived at the table and not what is being hidden behind a veil of screens and whatever right exactly if i know there's a shadow curse coming from a different continent and if my players don't do anything to stop it it's gonna take over the whole world cool nice idea for a plot but it only works if our players are actually encountering the shadow curse if that threat just goes on on and on and on without me giving my players the prompt to interact with it it has already won and therefore, it cannot be a good stake, for example, or a good consequence. It cannot exactly. be because our players have not perceived it. So your stakes need to be perceived. And going with the gambling table example, you're the dealer as a yeah. GM. You're the dealer. You're not part of the players. You are the dealer. And I think that's also right. a uh, quick anecdote where the, where the idea that the GM is also a player kind of breaks apart. Because, yes, you are part of the player group. You are playing the game. You are having fun with all your friends and it's collab period but at the same time you also take the stance of a dealer that doesn't necessarily have has more control over the game because a dealer right they have control over the game but only mm. in a referee sense. Exactly. Not in a I control every single card on the table because that would less, that would literally defeat the idea of a gambling game. Exactly. At, with poker, so it's actually of very good to talk about the poker table because you're the dealer and you might have more knowledge about stuff at the table right for whatever reason mm-hmm. you, you have an elevated position amongst the all other all other players are equal in front of you mm-hmm. and you're on an elevated position because you have more hands on the cards even though you don't control the cards themselves right and basically you are the one that presents stuff you are the one dealing the cards Mm -hmm. And your players are then perceiving the cards and make their own evaluations of what they think the greatest threat is and what consequences matter to them, right? If someone has a bad hand in poker, they can still decide, no, I can win with this. No, this is actually good for me. I can make a play with this.
1: Yeah. And um, sticking to that uh, poker simile, when you put the five cards in the middle, you don't deal every card at once, but you Mm -hmm. put them in the middle at first, but reveal them one after another or... In the way it is supposed to be revealed. They are on the table, but because they cannot be perceived, because they are upside down, they don't fucking matter for the choices that you uh, are doing right now. Yes. But as soon as these cards get turned over and the consequences of your actions are felt, that's where they get interesting. That's where they become important because mm-hmm. now everyone sees, okay, what we have done or what I have done is not the best situation. How can I get out mm-hmm. of this? Or perfect, this works out just as I anticipated or as I wanted. My perfect. gamble
0: played out, right? Exactly.
1: And that's the uh, that's the thing with uh, stakes yeah. because the, uh, the stakes are the potential of consequences. And you can just feel how high the stakes are are or were when you don't know the outcome yet but a way for you to increase the stakes in the future is to show them or show your players what their actions have done
0: i think there is one thing very important to stakes um, because you can do your best as a game master to present the stakes at your table and your players just don't care. That is a thing that can happen and there is not much you can do to fix it. Your players are their own people with their own ideas and own perception of things. And if what you presented to them just doesn't matter, that's the thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fault on your part that you did a bad job of showing it. It could just be that it's a mismatch of expectations. Mm-hmm. of Just a mismatch of expectations. It happens. However, I think for stakes, especially, right, when you want to raise them, you need, first of all, for stakes to even exist, you need investment. Yeah. And especially when you want to raise the stakes, you need to have investment in what has been already there. If your players are invested in the consequences that the kingdom they are currently in is being destroyed around them by this invading army. exactly. Just having the players run around the world and then being in a random spot Spot and saying oh yes there's an invading army that they don't care about where in a place that they don't know anything about it can be a very real possibility that they go okay let's get out of the way of the of that army we don't want to be caught in their in the crossfire we don't have to deal with this war that is going on right because they are not invested in actually solving this crisis because there's nothing to attach them to that crisis
1: Yeah, and that's one way I think you can regulate the stakes a bit, um, but mostly raise them, is make it personal for your characters in some way. Make the consequences not just impact something, but make it impact something that the player is invested in. Itself, or has something to do with, or even, mm. or the characters rather, not the players. Yeah, if you, uh, if your character has family in that kingdom or in some kingdom, why not make the attack that kingdom? And suddenly, your players should uh, usually are more invested or enticed to try to stop that. Therefore, you just introduced stakes in the first place because if there weren't, uh, if they weren't attacking that kingdom but something else that isn't really important to anyone, there are no stakes at the table at all. Mm. And this is again with the uh, perception because, yeah, okay, just knowing that something happens or is something completely different than knowing who or what it is going to happen to. Mm.
0: But I also think, right, I get what you're saying, right? You need to make it personal. But I also don't want to say that every stake that you put on the table, every threat needs to be a specified personal threat exactly because right there is discussion about death being the greatest consequence to players because they all they care about is their character and i think to some degree that's true the main thing the players care about is their player character but that's obvious obviously they do care most for their player character but because at the end of the day it is the way they interact with the game one two it is their own creation three Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it is a game It is a fun game night and just like in a video game, but less so, they do care first and foremost about what happens to their character. They always do and that is just a fact. That is not necessarily a bad thing. But I also think that saying that players only care about their characters or what is personally mattering to that character is also false. You just need to do a better job of connecting them. To something.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, this is again where uh, these sort of chains come in. Yes. Because um, you don't necessarily have to ha- make every consequence about a single character or that character or every consequence being personal to one or to every character itself. Mm-hmm. They can be generic where the characters don't have any real investment in uh, if you just view it as a single. Interaction, but with the things or the consequences that happened before, they are invested to that now. Through the consequences connected to the character, you connected the character to the world itself. And therefore, you can engage with the world itself to engage the player characters, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Just uh, building these cross connections through personal consequences can give you more things to play with mm-hmm. if you want to, or, or basically gives you all the ammo to use against the world and the player characters themselves. Because now with everything they have done, they are connected to the world even more because they are in this pathway, in these, or, or they have run a path before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this path is on this world that you've created as a table mm-hmm. and even if it if they weren't as invested in the plot at before uh, beforehand but through the connections from their characters to the world and the consequences to their connections to the world they are now yeah. invested and con- connected to the plot at hand and yeah. therefore invested as a whole and you don't have mm-hmm. to then aim the consequences at the player itself but rather making the plot more severe or advancing the plot without them having anything or any positive effect that they want to have that, that's another thing that you can do it's not rather not just going against or personally attacking some sort some aspect of the character. But um, once they are invested in the plotline, advancing the plotline without them mm-hmm. having it changed for the w- uh, the better in regards to their own view. Because if you uh, if we take that invasion example again, if they are um, invested in that and say, yeah, we want to stop that. The consequences or the potential for consequences, army might invade because you were not fast enough or couldn't convince that person or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right. There are a billion different options. Mm-hmm. But one way to, or another state that you could put on the table is just, okay, yeah, you didn't, so the plot line advances. The army invades. Time, uh, time goes by, army I, invades.
0: I think that is something very important to mention. I think a great way to raise... The stakes, and especially the involvement of your players in those stakes and the potential of consequences at the table, the more or less call for action. The world around you will become a worse place unless. Your characters rise to meet the threat, rise to meet the opposition, rise to meet the whatever. If you don't do something about this invading army, and that is something that you then should, for example, portray. If you want your players to actually stop the invasion and not just perceive it as, yeah, this is a world event that needs to happen. Show them that the world will become a worse place if they don't do anything. They are supposed to do something here and your players know that Mm -hmm. let's be real your players are not idiots they know that when you present something at the table that is for a reason and they are trying to figure out in the first instance of having perceiving this if they are supposed to interact showing them that when they are not doing something everything will be worse is a very surefire way to get them to act on that. And it's not forcing them to act. It's Mm -hmm. just showing them that this world around them is a place that moves and they have the chance to make it a better
1: place. Exactly. And I think um, you just mentioned a big part in that. uh, If you want to have high stakes or regulate the stakes... Give your players more agency. Oh, yeah. Because they can, as per usual, always give your players agency. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make here. But the more agency they have, the more their actions are felt by themselves. Because if you have the option or, or all the options to do the things that you want or don't want, and then see what your actions have done is way more enticing and more engaging than seeing something happen that you couldn't have done anything about, right? Just because you have the option to do everything or to stop the army and showing them that they have or giving them the option to stop the army just engages them more to really try Mm -hmm. to stop the army at hand. If they don't have a clue on what the fuck to do in that regard, and if they just read a newspaper article, yeah, mm -hmm, enemy army spotted at the other side of the continent, okay cool. There's no way for them to engage with them. So there isn't really any agency for the players to do anything about it at the current moment. If you put an embassy of that invading army's country in that city where they're in, that's a different story.
0: It at least gives them a point where they can interact. For some players, that might not even be enough, right? That point where they can interact. For others, that might just be enough. But actually, the fun thing is, right, um, you said, you talked about agency, right? Give your players agency. That way, it will raise the stakes naturally that is entirely true because at the end of the day you don't want to just show your players you need to do something so these consequences don't happen you want your players involved basically in a web of consequences where they have to decide wherever they go which will lead to other consequences obviously you don't want your players to do something and no matter what they do the world will still become a worse place i am saying actively that You should make your players realize if they don't do something the world is worse off than when they do at least something. And now let's be real, something of the right path, right? Your players can also decide, yeah, let's join this army and race hell across this country. They can do that, but that is going to be the evil playthrough and that leads to a worse world. But at the end of the day, it is their prerogative to do something. But it's not just their, their prerogative to do something with the agency you give them, but also you should make them do something with the consequences you create And then, therefore, however they choose to do something, it will lead to consequences. Exactly. And that those consequences can at first obviously be positive. And then down the line, naturally, there might be other downsides to what they did. Um, You don't necessarily need to force this. This is very important. Sometimes decisions your players make should just be rewarded with good things and not just made morally gray because, oh, yeah, we need some bad things as well to this side. No, your players can save the fucking day, especially if they do the right thing. Thing. If everything aligns, they should be able to do the right thing and save the day. But also, right, if there's an invading country, your players actually stop the war. They somehow make it possible to stop the war. Maybe they kill the invading army's general and they retreat. And therefore, it gives them enough time to say, we've slain your general, we had to do it, and basically threaten the other kingdom into submission to not attack. Hmm. Whatever, right? That can lead to consequences that if they ever have to venture inside that country, they might get arrested for murder. They will be in a hostile environment. If they don't, they don't Of for those consequences, right? But that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Only their actions will reveal more consequences. Exactly. Only their actions lead further down the line to higher consequences. And that is why the agency is so important, like you mentioned.
1: Exactly. And uh, since TTRPGs are a game of choices, putting more choices in front of your players is an amazing way to regulate the stakes in general. It can be raising or lowering the stakes because if you just put more choices in front of them, to interact with, they can choose in quotation marks, the lesser evil that could go wrong if they go that path. And yeah, just because we always talk about raising the stakes, but what if the stakes are too high? How can we deal with that? How can we lower them?
0: Right, we talked about downtime and stuff like that, where the stakes are in the moment lower. But I'm mm-hmm. talk- we were talking about basically the bigger stakes that are currently on the table, right? The threat of the impending doom, whatever, is still there. And how can we lower that? And I think that's actually very hard to do because you've introduced this shadow king that is un- basically an unstoppable demon force and you g- you've given them traits and basically put down facts on the table that say this, this and this about this threat and you can't take those facts away. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Even right, revealing disadvantages and maybe downsides to this king, weaknesses, Right? it doesn't lower the stakes, it just mm-hmm. gives more options to deal with those stakes. When we're talking about perception of those stakes, could mean that the stakes feel lower because the players see a greater chance of success. Mm. However, the stake, the, the consequence, this king is threatening to eradicate every single living being on this planet did not change. Yeah. It's just that the player's success rate sh- skyrocketed by finding this weakness and i think that's where that's how you lower stakes because you can't really lower them because you created them to be this high what Mm. you can do however is increase the chance of success over that stake especially in ttrpgs that's what it's all about right your players take a chance and if it works it works if Mm. you increase that chance it feels first of all like they have a greater chance Obviously, but also they have a greater chance at success. And at the end of the day, stakes are not necessarily just about, right, oh, there's a consequence, but it's also about how can we best deal with this consequence? What's the greatest chance of success plan that we have?
1: Yeah. This is, uh, if you um, get, if we get back to that uh, poker analysis, basic, or analogy, basically, Mm -hmm. it's when uh, both parties of that um, interaction, the let's go with quote unquote evil and good side Mm -hmm. uh, for ease of, uh, argument here are all uh, both are all in, and then the last card gets flipped. Mm-hmm. And from the bidding before, and you've noticed that this card would could screw up the plan of the other player, but it works in your favor because the hand cards now perfectly match, and all of that. That lowers not necessarily the amount of money in the pot doesn't get lowered by that, but your mm-hmm. chance of winning does. So you feel more safe. So it's a bit less tense because now with more information you have uh, not necessarily lower stakes but a higher chance of winning and the same goes for ttrpgs and i think overall not just um, creating weaknesses or anything along those lines but more uh, being more generic giving your players information is a key to giving them the option to increase their chances of success and therefore lowering the perception of the stakes felt just in general. Information, mm-hmm. information, information. Definitely meant players here, not just the characters. Because if you give your uh, the characters information, th- that's one thing. But if you give your players the information that the item that they just found yeah. is perfect against that creature, that's not an information that the characters might have, but your players do. No, but even if the characters have it, right, it's yeah. the
0: players at the end of the day... The player's perception matters. Exactly. exactly. And I think one other thing that I want to talk about that we've kind of scratched on already here is another thing that is important when you are thinking about the stakes in your game. And this is once again something that WDM has said countless times. Hmm. The dice tell a story too.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The dice will be your friend in deciding the stakes of a situation of a greater plot because at the end of the day it matters chance matters and right you, you increase the chances of success for your players by giving them information by giving them the magic item to, to defeat the shadow king whatever but their chances are still only 60 percent. that's the mm-hmm. chance the players will take because it's the highest they can get but that's still 60 percent. so if we Boil everything in the final confrontation down to a single d20 dice roll. The players just need to roll an eight or higher. Obviously, right, we have a th- countless number of dice rolls in, in the combat to first of all restrain the the Shadow King, then jam the magic item down his chest and then chant the magic incantation whatever. Right.
1: Yeah. No single point in failure of all of that. Blah blah blah.
0: Yeah. No single point in failure. Obviously, but that also just doesn't matter to the point here. Exactly. It's if you completely take out chance. Right. You have decided already if the shadow king wins or the players win. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real. No matter what percentage you had before, most GMs will error on the side of the players win because that's more fun. If you're not that, if you're not that type of GM and say, yeah, my 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 demon wins. I'm not going to say that that's better or worse because I think predeterminedly deciding what the stakes uh, are and especially what consequences come anyway is bad regardless of what you do. Because it, at the end of the day, means that the stakes didn't matter at all. Your players... worried for no reason Mm -hmm. because if they had just known that you were to decide it anyway it doesn't matter and i think everyone can see that everyone can see that the chance needs to play it part and that is also a thing right if your shadow king rolls shit dice that increases the chance. If your players roll well, that increases the chance. If your players roll bad, that decreases the chance. And then again, it raises and lowers the stakes automatically for you. And in a game yeah. where every single dice is supposed to be a normal dice, meaning that every side has the same equal percentage of coming up, which, let's be real, I assume that all your players play with fair dice and balanced dice. Yeah. Uh, I I Mm -hmm. just assume no one cheats at your tables. Sorry if that assumption is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That just means, right, that that it's first of all a natural regulator for you. And second of all, it balances out regardless over a course of time. If I roll a thousand dice rolls with the same dice, I expect every single number on that D10 to come up roughly a hundred times. Meaning overall... The
1: balance is kept exactly, but but that's again statistics because you can't. Yeah, you can put chance into that. Yeah, but um, a single dice roll of a d10 is not a good reference for all the sides being equal. Yeah, and coming back to TTRPGs as a whole, the more choices you have, the more equal it will get, or the more yeah. reliable it will get, yeah. just because of statistics but at the end of the
0: day right the statistics is the perception of chance for us that's how we perceive chance we look at the statistic okay yeah i have a five percent chance to roll a natural 20 on every single skill check and ability check and saving throw Mm attack roll and whatever so i take that chance right Mm -hmm. i hope for a net 20 every single roll even though i know that only every 20 rolls i should get one statistically Mm -hmm. speaking but even then i have times where i roll three net 20s in a row that's a chance in one in eight thousand. but right over the course of time that single occurrence is a one-time thing and then again it is a natural regulator and is part of that story it is part of that stake it was just meant to happen that Mm -hmm. you are not able to stop this threat for now i think that's where the single point of failure comes in right exactly When, when your players fail at that single consequence but It is not an ending consequence, more or less, right? Your players are not dead, or your your characters are not dead, and the world hasn't ended yet, and you want to keep playing. That means that they've just failed for now. Exactly. And that means for the future, the stakes might be infinitely higher because they failed once, but now they can succeed and try again.
1: Exactly. And I think uh, this is a big thing when you introduce stakes or ch- uh, um, things that could happen, consequences to your game, is leave a bit of room to increase them as well. Because you don't want to go from, yeah, you lose one gold piece to, if you don't this, uh, if you do do this, the world will end. Th- that's not a good progression. And I think progression is a big thing here because you want them to increase over time, not with one consequence to another. It's just completely devastating difference. But... More or less, it could feel the same level of intensity all over, but if you look back, and see, okay, this consequence is, um, why did we even care about that back? Okay, back then we were huh, in a place and all of that, right? Progressing and increasing them slowly over time is a big thing to make them more felt and not just arbitrary. Yeah. It kind of, and there we get back to the chain thing. It's not, not necessarily that one consequence leads to another, that the, these chains are a completely different thing, but a chain of increasing the severity of consequences or the potential mm. for consequences. And in the early stages, it might be just one of two options that could happen. But in the later stages, it could be one of 2000 things that could happen. And just having the multitude of different consequences that could occur also increases the stakes. But without increasing the stakes, if you know what I mean, it's a bit weird because it's still just um, the highest stake is the one that is perceived as the epitomes, uh, you could say.
0: Actually, I just thought about something, right? We said that at the beginning and it's true. But that is also something. That's the fact that you can exploit as a game master. You have the great stake of this invading army is gonna destroy the player character's hometown. Sure, they're connected. It's it is a very personal stake. It's very big, and they are gonna say, okay, we need to do everything to stop this. But at this, but in that moment, the stake of inside that town there's currently i don't know an underground movement trying to stir up chaos so they can take political charge of this town sure they're gonna defend the town as well because they want control of it themselves and not Hmm. the invading army but they've now had time to stew their plan and as soon as the player's save the day, that bigger stake is now gone, and now this new stake that the players have let stew, because they've known about it for longer, but forgot about it because there was something, a greater threat, a more imminent threat, comes back to bite them. And this is not to say, right, your players didn't finish this quest or this plotline fast enough. It is just to say that this plotline needed that extra time to become what it wants to be, or what you want it to be. It just needed some extra time, and coming back to older threats now in greater magnitudes is a great way to show your players that these stakes are progressing. They need to do something about the stuff that you present. And that is how you get them to do the stuff, to actually interact, to do the actions that you call for, whatever Mm -hmm. way they see fit. But you show them that by making old stakes into new, bigger ones.
1: Yeah. yeah, And I think uh, you just mentioned time, and this is so important with basically everything in TTRPGs. Um, Giving certain options or certain things Mm -hmm. in your world and your players do give them the, uh, the time to develop and do something with that development or mm-hmm. use the development itself. For example this plotting plot you could say. This instance giving the um, this plotting some time raises the stakes but the sooner the players interact or interject there, the lower the stakes will be. Mm. In general, time is a good regulator for stakes, I think. The more time pressure you put on things, the higher the stakes are going to be, because you don't have time to prepare as much as you would like to, or to train, or go to a training montage, or have a tournament arc, or whatever. Just regulating the timer a bit of when things are going to happen is a great way to regulate it. And coming back to the Shadow King example, letting there be some sort of reason why they can't invade yet, for example, Mm -hmm. decreases the stakes or lowers the stakes because now you have more time at hand. But if you if there is a reason why it's gonna be expedited, this just increases the stakes. It's basically a knob where that you can turn without any steps. It's just a yeah. You uh, increasing and decreasing the stakes is pretty fluently uh, or pretty fluent, and you kind of yeah. have to do it on on the fly. But also not. It's a bit weird. But having the uh, the pressure or the um, intensity or intensity of certain consequences fluctuate a bit can also be pretty interesting. Because that then, uh, when you focus on something else, and then fluctuate the intensity of the potential of that consequence might just uh, get your characters motivated to do something now because now is a good time to act because uh, before the intensity was or the the stakes were just too high the risk was too great in regards to the advantage or outcome that they would get but um, just because the um, opportunity or the chances of success fluctuate a bit they can choose the best point for them or for that situation in general where they are in 100% fluctuating the um, intensity of consequences or the intensity of chance of consequences is, I think, pretty important to regulate yeah. the stakes itself. Yeah, and having yeah. that fluctuation and having so having a way to regulate that is pretty mm-hmm. pretty important as well.
0: I think, Red, right, we've talked a lot about right uh, having a lot of stakes them fluctuating, raising them, blah. This is all so hard to keep track of, right? Because in, in, in a developed game, the players are like level 12, 13. Um, that is something, for example, that is currently at my tables. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I keep track of all the things that I've pressured them with to do something? And basically what the consequences are around the globe, more or less, for what they do. Mm-hmm. And that is, I made uh, a map of uh, mostly the important factions and players in this game. So my players are a group of one. One, en- They are one entity. Then all other factions and groups that they've met and I've pressured them with are another entity on that map. And for each group, I more or less wrote down who stands to gain what from something happening Mm -hmm. um i don't know the metallic dragons currently want to destroy the cult of the dragon queen great they are allies in a cause but they don't want to do it with the mortals basically fighting side by side with them because they think that that would just greatly diminish the effectiveness of their holy crusade against the Chromatic Dragons and their leader, Tiamat. Basically, the consequence is when the players do not convince the Metallic Dragons that the Metallic Dragons will not fight alongside them, but also will do their own fight, which will maybe cause consequences and problems for the the players and their factions. And who stands to gain what from this, right? The cult obviously stands to gain when the metallic dragons and the other mortals do not com- do not align because that is what the cult has. Their advantage is currently that they are mortal, basically man and woman and non-binary people and dragons fighting side by side. That is their big advantage currently, why they are a force to be reckoned with because every single army that is currently pushing back against the cult on this continent has a problem that there are dragons flying overhead, raining hellfire or acid down on them. And the mortals obviously stand to gain when the players succeed, that they work, that they have their own dragons of their own kind. But there are also other factions, right? For example, the... I don't want to spoil it because my players might be listening, but there are other factions that could stand a very positive impact on their cause that would be negative to the players when they actually do convince the metallic dragons to join. Because that mm. would mean the metallic dragons are joining the fight and And maybe being distracted from other tasks that they wouldn't be distracted from if they weren't siding with the mortals. And basically, right, for every entity or every NPC, depending on the level of stake, I'm thinking about the stake and of the consequences of the threat that is currently happening and which group explicitly stands to gain and be part of that consequence. And part Mm -hmm. of that threat. Because, yes, the threat itself is important, but I think it's way more important to have those consequences of of those threats. And the best part to to look at the consequences is what consequences do each, every single group involved suffer from this threat? What do the players suffer? And if I don't have something what the players suffer, yes, I'm going to think that this threat and this consequence is not necessarily as important to my players because they do not suffer from it.
1: Yeah. What I like to do in that regard, in trying to keep track of all that, is writing down the threat itself and then basically make a table of what influences these threats or consequences these threats could have on all the different factions, kind of sorting it by threat or by consequence and then seeing how it influences each faction or each party that is kind of regarded by that consequence that's just a personal preference because i like tables i think they're pretty (laughs) 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 but you could have it as a mind map you could have it as a bunch of notes floating around however you see fit right but kind of keeping track of the interactions between consequences and the different factions at play important to make these threats or these consequences and therefore the stakes felt by everyone at the table including you and the players
0: and i think yeah that's kind of all i really had to say i think one other thing um one surefire way one surefire trick i think for me to raise stakes um or especially play with stakes is pacing because i'll just laugh basically gripping the game by the neck and Saying, well, there is no time to decide anymore. Make your decision now. Hmm. They, you don't have time to talk this through. The invading armies at the doorstep, they gave you an hour. You had that hour. Now make your decision, period. Yeah. Or they m- might not even give you an hour. They are here. You need to do something now. You need to make decisions because that way I force decisions. Yes, I don't force a specific decision. I just force our players to make a decision. And that way is a great way to play with stakes. And let's be real, timing and pacing and basically setting a time bomb on something is a great way to raise the stakes. Mm -hmm. You can attach a timer to basically every single consequence you have. And you have a timer attached to every single consequence you have because otherwise the consequences might just go indefinitely and therefore be null and void. But only if you make that timer known and perceived, once again, mm-hmm. it actually becomes more of a consequence. And when you shorten that timer, the consequences become greater and greater and greater. And you raise the stakes naturally by saying you have less and less time to make your decision.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an exponential growth, I think. The the longer you have, the lower the stakes are, but it's not a linear growth, I think. No,
0: no, no. The less time you have, the yeah. more it elevates whatever exactly. stake you have.
1: But I think it's more a less a linear line, but a exponential curve. Yeah. In that yeah, yeah, 100%. Regard, it's amazing just seeing the players' faces when you put really put a, a clock on the table and say this is the time you have, make a decision. I mean that's
0: that's that's singular that. for the fact that um the TTRPGs play on many different levels, and that is in-game and out-of-game, right? If you tell your players in-game they have seven days to finish this quest before the before something bad happens, right? That does not equate too much because TTRP, in TTRPGs I could spend five months with worth of sessions to just play those seven days. Yeah, easy. But if I tell my players you have five minutes to complete this combat and put a timer on the table and say, yeah, you f- five real world seconds. Uh, five, right? If I put a timer you have five minutes to solve this this riddle that I currently have you, in the room is filling with water is one of the most easy ideas mm-hmm. right but that as a figurative speech right you have five minutes to solve this and you actually only have five minutes to solve this what do you do obviously that's gonna raise the stakes because it is shorter time but it's raising them exponentially more than saying telling your players something that is way bigger because seven days instead of just saying six days there's no difference because that alone that is enough time to do a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. and let's be real you cannot sit with your players at a table for seven days straight actually play that all in real time anyway so any time that goes basically above let's say two hours i think it's, it's the is the upper limit at least for me just becomes a yeah i have enough time anyway because i can just basically write as a player maybe that's a little bit uh, maybe that's a little bit naive and also a little bit mean but i can just go into the meta level and discuss while no in-game time passes sure you might say that that's not applicable at your table or that that is especially applicable at your table at every given time no matter what timer you set and that's okay right You're table your rules but generally speaking right if my gm sets a timer for in two hours something happens and you guys have time to do this i'm not gonna be that stressed but as soon as that timer takes down to one hour i'm gonna be more stressed and when it it takes down to 30 minutes i'm gonna be even more stressed 50 minutes oh fuck we don't have much
1: time seven minutes oh fuck we bye bye yeah and then the last couple of seconds this last 60 seconds where you can feel or hear every tick of the clock love that tension but uh be careful with that it can yeah. be a lot of it, it can be a lot
0: it, it can be a lot it, if you do it too much it won't work exactly do it for the important stuff at the end of the day right we're playing a game we don't necessarily need to actually raise that much tension we can just say mm. yeah the game is tense because in game it is tense and that's that and I think yeah with that I kind of have nothing else to say about raising stakes I think everyone listening should have now a very good understanding of what tools that they have as a GM to basically raise the awareness of stakes, raise stakes and create the stakes that they want. So go out there and make your player's life miserable with your TTRPGs hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) obviously you know what that means we're not here to promote that you should actually do something bad at the table or be an adversarial gm yeah at the end of the day it's it's fun to to play the bad guy
1: exactly and everything we say is always keeping in mind that everything at the table happens in good good faith blah 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 all of that so go ahead and terrorize your players (laughs) and with that thank you all for listening here on the next one and bye-bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Double DM. It appears you liked this one, what we had to say, and our advice helped you. Why not show us how we helped you in a rating, or even write a review detailing us how we helped? You can do this on the platform that you are listening on right now. It's just a few clicks, doesn't take long, and helps us out. It gets us out there and our advice into more ears of more people. Thanks again for listening and joining us on this amazing journey. Have a great day, and see you on the next one. Bye-bye.